The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. This is your host, Tim Ash, and I'm continuing my weekly series of thought leader interviews and conversion with uh, Neil Patel. Neil, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Now, Neil, is you're one of those guys that uh, makes the rest of us look like we're kind of stuck in amber and moving too slow. You're a serial entrepreneur. You're involved with lots of companies and all of this at the ripe old age of 25, eh? Yeah, I'm not... Um you know, that advanced or I haven't been doing this that long or not successful. If you look at people like Matt Mullenweg from WordPress or Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, I'm still quite a bit behind. So, Well, you know, to, to be fair, you know, Mark's a year older than you, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but even if I add a few more years, I don't think I'll catch up to him. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Neil, you were telling us uh, before about all of your entrepreneurial ways. I know that you're actively involved with two companies that would be of interest to our listeners. Uh, one of them is Kissmetrics and the other is Crazy Egg. Uh, tell us a little bit about how they came about and uh, what they're all about. Sure. So Crazy Egg was my first analytics startup. And when I was a consultant, I realized there was a pain in the marketplace. I was working with companies of all different sizes. They were using a lot of great solutions out there like Google Analytics, uh, Omniture, so forth, so on. And there's like all this data is cool, but how are people actually engaging with our website? Um, and what we learned over time was, hey, you know, there's a pain in the marketplace. A lot of web designers, marketers, and other people are experiencing the same thing. So we're like, maybe we should start a new company that would build a solution that would help you visualize how your customers or visitors engage with your website. And it would do this through heat maps, right? Uh, identifying the mouse movements and clicks, and it would show you where the hot spots on your website and where the cold spots, as well as where the parts of your website that people are interacting that you may have never considered, such as an image that's not linking to anything maybe getting clicked on hundreds of times, right? Okay, so really, um, let's call this an example of um, a category of software called in-page analytics. Normal web analytics tracks your behavior across pages. It can tell you paths and things that you've gone down, but this is more granular. This is how people are interacting with a particular page. Is that right? Exactly. There are, the purpose of this is not to put it on your whole website. It's more so to put it on uh, each individual page and do a test, see how people are engaging then make design changes, re- do another crazy egg test, and see if you actually saw improvement. Okay, and so um, this is something that is kind of in the uncovering problems business. And one thing I, I talk about is, you know, you really need to view your landing page as having problems, uh, or as I put it, your baby is ugly. So this just helps you figure out exactly how ugly your baby is and why. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, well, t- tell us uh, some of the kind of applica- uh, other applications of this that uh, you know, people can use to uncover conversion problems. So what are some typical uses? Sure. So form fields is one huge one, right? People track the drop-off in the form fields um, and where they're placing them left, right. It also helps them identify if people are actually reading their content which is kind of huge because if you have tons and tons of text with your sales letters or landing pages or even your e-commerce stores and you're adding reviews, it'll help you identify, hey, are your reviews actually helping or being useful to your customers? So there's a lot of aspects like that that you can end up testing. Um, Are people actually clicking on your call to actions? Uh, And then you can actually drill down to see which traffic sources are causing the clicks on the call to actions. Okay, very good. Well, that definitely sounds like information that, that everybody would want to know, at least, um, even if they don't yet, but now they have no excuse. So typically how it's deployed is you put it on actionable pages on your site, and it's not like traditional web analytics in another way is that you don't really need kind of belt and suspenders counting of every visitor coming through the page. You just want to kind of get a qualitative sense for what's going on, where people are clicking and looking and so on, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it's not something that uh, you know you need to count accurately. It's it's more of a visual instrument that, at a glance, lets you see what things are going on. Yeah, it, it's it, not it's like not a Google, Google website, website anything like that. Help you A B test, but instead, really focuses on is showing you visual fashion and how people are engaging. Okay, well, terrific. And then the other company you mentioned is. was Kiss Metrics? Tell us about that one. Sure. So, Kiss Metrics is a solution that specializes in conversion tracking. A lot of people are using Google Website Optimizer. Omniture has a testing solution, and there's a ton of other ones out there. But the problem is, is you're working on improving your conversions, but do you even know your conversion rate in the first place, right? And that's what Kiss Metrics really helps you do is it helps you track your conversion rate in a more accurate fashion than you may be getting from, let's say, Google Analytics or Omniture. Um, Tell me, what does that mean to be more accurate than your analytics package? What are you doing that they're not doing? One, we focus on tracking people and not necessarily page views or visits. So if someone visits your website five different times, then they visit it for the sixth time and they end up converting, we can tie in those five previous visits with that uh, with the last one. So it can actually get help you get a better accurate kind of what's your conversion rate based on how many people are visiting your site versus how many visits. Number two, we help you create funnels on the fly, right? When you go into Omniture or Google Analytics, the thing that you have to set up when you're doing your funnels is you have to say, all right, someone's going to go from the homepage to the viewed sign-up page to signing up and then completing the sign-up, Right. But the problem is, is there isn't necessarily just one way someone converts on your website. They could actually go from your homepage to your about page to the view sign up page and so forth and so on, right? So with Kissmetrics, we have a funnel system that you can create on the fly. And more importantly, we're parsing the data in a different fashion in which with Google Analytics, if someone skips the homepage and then they go to the viewed sign up page, uh, that it'll still show them under the viewed sign-up count, which can mess up your data. We can actually show you exactly how many people went through that exact funnel, and then you can also see by clicking one little checkbox 
how many people skipped a step and just entered in and uh, converted as well. Okay, so on the reporting side, you don't have to have it kind of pre-configured to track through a series of pages. You can actually just kind of on the fly and after the fact decide, okay, I want to look at this uh, this subset of the site or this path through the site and get and pull that those statistics live. Yep, and in addition to that, with us, we believe that conversion rates don't stop at one point. So, for example. In many cases, people set up their funnels in Google Analytics and Omniture saying, hey, after someone signed up, they converted. Well, that's not necessarily the case with the web now, right? There's a lot of products and solutions out there that have freemium services or people signing up and then they get upselled into another product. So we can actually help you track which traffic sources are causing the first conversion, which could be signing up from a freemium account. And then we can help you determine things like, hey, after three months, uh, people from this track coming from Google for the keyword conversion optimization who signed up for free uh, are converting into paid accounts. Okay, so you can do kind of uh, aging of the information and you can see if uh, things happen later downstream or maybe even off the site. Do you have any kind of integration with uh, how do you handle off-site metrics and uh, cross-channel stuff. I mean, a lot of times the conversion doesn't even happen on the site. It happens on the phone or in the store. Yeah, so right now you're not able to enter in that data into our system right now. Uh, We may be changing that in the future. Uh, But, uh, yeah, currently we're not set up to deal with a lot of that kind of stuff. Our focus is more web-based businesses who do most of their sales through the Internet. All right. Well, we're going to take a break for some uh, some words from our wonderful sponsors. And after we come back, I'm going to ask Neil why he doesn't eat at real restaurants and only goes to Taco Bell, or as we refer to it, Taco Smell. Uh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This is LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for the Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan. 
talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. So, Neil, what's the deal, if I may alliterate a little bit? How come you don't eat at restaurants? Sure. So, I, I do eat at restaurants. It's just that I probably don't enjoy most of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's because you live in uh, in the LA area, right? Uh, well, I, I now live in Seattle. I used to live in Orange County, right, which is next to LA. Oh, but you moved all the way up there. Well, there's plenty of good restaurants up there, especially sushi. There is, and I actually just got addicted to sushi uh, a few months ago. But it still doesn't be Taco Bell. The bad part about Seattle is they don't have a Taco Bell right downtown. So it's like I don't get it when I'm up here. When I go back down to Orange County, I get to eat it all the time. But um, yeah, I just love it because when I grew up, you know, I didn't come from a wealthy family. I remember my parents had to save money to go to Taco Bell and eat. And as a kid, <laughs> I just loved the food. And I don't know what it was. It was just like the best food ever. So since then, I've always loved Taco Bell. And that's been the main thing I probably eat, even though it's not the most healthiest. Well, we'll we'll see if we can uh, drop ship, you know, a bunch of thirty nine cent tacos to you up there in Seattle, if you like. Uh, so, so let's get back to um, a little more grounded subjects. I mean, you you like counting things, you like measuring things. I understand one of your favorite activities is actually walking into a place and sizing up how much money they make. Can you tell us a little about that? Sure. So I, I don't do it. Let's say with a, a company. Uh, most web-based companies, right? The last thing I would do is go into your business, try to walk in the place and figure out how much money you're making. But what I have a real passion for is this average places or the common places we all go. So for example, uh, I'll walk into, let's say, CVS Pharmacy and I'll look at the store. I'll try to calculate how many people are going through the store per minute or per hour. What's the average ticket items that they're buying? and what revenue is being pulled in roughly per day and, you know, multiply it over a course of year and try to estimate overhead um, and figure out profit margins. And for some reason or another, I just do it naturally, right? I was on a cruise a few weeks ago and I did the same thing. Instead of enjoying the cruise, I spent, you know, literally a few hours figuring out how many people are on board Average ticket price, employee cost, and so forth, so on. So. Well, you know, Mr. Spock, I have to say, uh, you know, you're a different breed, no doubt. <laughs> but no, it's it's whatever people find enjoyable. So it sounds like you did have an enjoyable cruise. You just spent it doing something a little different. Uh, so can you? So based on what you what you're seeing right now with kind of web analytics and in page analytics, both of your companies, what are some of the common mistakes that people are making when they're designing sites, or what are some of the more common themes or problems that you're seeing show up in your data? Sure. Um, so when it goes to specifically designing sites. What we're seeing is a lot of copycats, right? So they're saying, hey, this worked really well for Basecamp HQ 
or Amazon.com, right? So we're just going to copy it exactly, and we're just going to base our design principles around that because we know it must convert for them. They test everything. Well, what works for Amazon is not necessarily going to work for you because when a user goes to Amazon, as you already know, they're comfortable and they're willing to give their credit card to Amazon because they believe that Amazon's not going to steal it. They go to, you know, averagejoe.com. They start buying stuff. They're like, wait, wait, wait. Is my credit card safe here? Is someone going to steal my information? Right? There's a lot of differences that people aren't taking into account when they're copying. Okay. Well, there's, so there's really two things I heard you say that I think are important general takeaways. One is just don't copy people outright. Just because someone's doing something and they're successful doesn't mean they're right. In fact, they might be successful despite the way their website works. Would that be fair? Yep. That totally is right. And then the second thing is, of course, the power of brands. Unless you happen to have a world-class brand like Amazon, um, you can't overcome all of those doubts, fears, and anxieties that people have. So you have to actually be better than Amazon, not just as good as. Exactly, because with Amazon, what works for them won't always work for you if everyone knows the brand. Like, you know, people don't Google a lot of things if I go to Amazon. You know, now granted, there are millions that probably do that. But there's a large portion of people who know that, hey, I want to buy a book. Let's just go to Amazon.com directly and then purchase from there. Like they're already going to go to the intent of buying. Yeah, and then we, we've seen this in uh, some information that McAfee Secure put out back in the day that the trust seals, uh, well, it used to be called Hacker Safe before they bought them, but the trust seals that you see on websites work particularly well if you have a kind of a less sophisticated audience, you know, maybe not as familiar with the internet and an older audience. And also the other place where they work really well is with actually smaller brands, unknown brands, because they're the ones that need the extra trust and credibility. Yeah, like Amazon doesn't need a Hacker Safer Maccabee badge on their site. So you got it right on. Oh, terrific. What other kind of examples do you have of uh, just visually, say, with Crazy Egg? When you, you, one of the things you mentioned is that people will – actually click on things that aren't clickable. Are there patterns you see as to what's getting clicked on when it shouldn't? Yeah, and you probably already know this, but images is a really huge one. Most people don't link up their images. Like you can have your image go to your shopping cart page, or not shopping cart, but add product page, or uh, if it's an image of a TV, people can click on it, and it goes to a page where they can buy that TV. That's a really huge plus is start linking up your images. Um, sounds really dumb, but a ton of people are clicking on images these days. And text, a lot of times people think that people are reading text, but what we're seeing is they're taking the text, they're skimming through it, and then they scroll all the way down, right, when they're skimming through it, and then they scroll all the way back up. Um, and then they're, they may click or whatever it may, but they're doing it pretty quickly. So you know that, let's say, they can't read a thousand words in 10 seconds, right? Right, absolutely. So they're just scrolling down the page. And so they're kind of in scanning mode. They're trying to see if there's anything interesting around. So what would interest them if they see a big block of text? Or should big blocks even be there? Or are they just getting ignored? Uh, some users are reading them and some people are ignoring them. You just got to both audiences. Well, what's the best way to do that? Do you have any suggestions for how to uh, please both the methodical people and the people with attention deficit disorder? Yeah, what I found that's pretty effective is using good headlines and headings because through it, people can actually skim the information without necessarily reading it all. For example, if there's a ton of product reviews, 
you can break it down into categories such as reliability and so forth and so on and just give ratings like five stars, four stars, three or whatnot. Things like that really help satisfy both the people who are just skimming the site and people who are actually really interested in the details because if you're interested in details, you can read each review. If you're not, you can just read the averages in total and look saying, hey, this is a five-star and this is a four-star or whatever it may be. And you can actually get creative with your as well. You don't always have to put the content straight down in blocks. You can do things like when you're doing testimonials, put them on the right side of the site. Or what I found that's also useful is in the text, if there's some really good information, you can call that portion out and make it pretty big. So then that way people scrolling down pretty quickly can just read the highlights. Okay, so there's three things you basically said. I mean, without going overboard, you basically give special emphasis to certain stuff. To organize the information, you can put in headings and subheadings so it's easily skimmable. Uh, you can represent certain information graphically, like uh, having the star ratings for next to reviews. And then also special treatments in text, which could be things like indenting uh, or making a little call-out quote that's extra large size. Yeah, you got it right. Okay. Well, let's um, let, let's switch gears a little bit and and talk about uh, you know we've been talking about some things that are are the right way to do things, but what are some of the most common you know big big mistakes that people make on landing pages? Sure, the biggest mistake I've seen on landing pages is usually a landing page has multiple parts of the funnel. Right after the landing page, there's other pages for them before they complete the sign-up or whatever it may be that you're selling. Now, most people feel that, hey, if I want to improve my conversion rate, I actually have to modify the landing page and improve that. But that's not always the best area to start. If you're setting up your funnels correctly, you can actually see where the biggest drop-off in that funnel. And in many cases, it's what we're seeing is not necessarily the landing page. It could be from the page where they're creating their username to entering their credit card data, right? Uh, so it could be where on the credit card page you start testing things like adding testimonials or you create surveys saying, hey, why aren't you willing to uh, complete or why aren't you purchase when people push the back button or uh, on an exit survey. And what you can do is they may say that, hey, I'm not comfortable. I'm not sure if this is a scam or whatnot. Well, then if that's the case, then you could try adding testimonials on that credit card page. Or in some cases, we realize that some customers aren't comfortable in purchasing when there's only a few fields such as entering your credit card and the verification code. Sometimes they want the name, address, and all those other details because it makes them feel comfortable like, hey, these guys are actually more legitimate. Okay, so obviously at the transactional point, now I've talked, I talk about trust a lot. And I did just a, a keynote on that at the conversion conference in D.C. last week. Uh, one of the important things is a, how would you say, um, transactional assurances. So why don't we um, take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about, focus a little more on building trust through a number of different means. This is your host, Tim Ash for LPO Landing Page Optimization. And we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. More LPO Landing Page Optimization in just a moment. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. 
And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-server solutions is admedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Ecom experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and I'm talking this week with Neil Patel. Neil, we were talking about trust and relieving kind of consumer anxieties at the point of sale. So uh, one of the things you suggested is, for example, in the checkout process, stringing testimonials down the side, which would kind of give me a reassurance that other people have had a good outcome at this stage. Yeah, and it's pretty much another way of just showing that, hey, this is a good product or service, you should sign up. And if you, if in addition to transactional assurances, uh, do you think it's important to have guarantees, safe shopping seals, privacy policies? I do. I don't like it when you can make your, uh, like let's say those shopping seals or the the safety ones, like the hacker safe or the McAfee or what, whoever acquired them. Um, like I don't like making them click throughable, so that way people can go to their sites because I feel that actually helps or it could cause decrease in conversions, but I do like having some of the badges. I also do like having the money-back guarantees. Sometimes you can do 30-day, 45-day. Uh, I would test those numbers because a lot of times what you'll notice is when it's a 30-day money-back guarantee and people are going to return your product, let's say if you have a product or service that may have a high return rate, what you'll notice is if you sign up on October 10th or you know November uh, 15th, people are like, oh, cool. I just can cancel 30 days later. It's pretty easy, right? If you sign up on the 11th, then you know that, hey, the next month on the 11th, you better cancel before then. 
oh, if you start doing a 45-day money-back guarantee or a 15-day or stuff like that, the numbers start becoming a bit tricky, which most people, this may sound foolish, uh, aren't necessarily quick on calculating when they have to return it by and they forget and they never end up returning. <laughs> okay, well, that doesn't sound like it's uh, going to fall under the area of ethical persuasion, but you're basically saying, you know, they're, especially if it goes across a month-end boundary and they're, they're, and it's not on the same date, they're not going to think about it too hard. It's kind of what the phone company does by having their, or credit card companies, by having 21-day billing cycles that change every month. That's an extreme example, right? Yeah, and I'm a big believer that if someone's dissatisfied, whether it's 10 days into it or even three months after uh, the guarantee is over, I'm a big believer in just refunding their money and making them happy, right? So I do think that people should stay on more of the ethical side. But with service-based business, I learned that there's a lot of people who are just there to buy and return, especially with things like eBooks. And when it comes to things like that, you just have to be really careful because there's buyers who are know before they buy that, hey, I'm just going to buy it, keep it, uh, download it all or copy it all, and then just return it back so I don't have to pay any money. And, the, and uh, by the way, are there mechanical ways to take care of that? I understand there's some ebook uh, programs that will essentially deactivate it. If you ever refund, you still have the PDF, but it no longer works. Is there ways to lock things up like that? Not in a good fashion that I know of, because at the end of the day, if you know computers well enough, right, you can just start taking screenshots of those PDFs and you can still read them. Yeah, so, I guess if you want it bad enough, you can uh, take a screenshot and, uh, and and copy them all that way. Hmm. Well, I guess we're not going to solve the piracy problem on this show. Um, but uh, some of the things that you were saying is basically – you know, uh, always have as many trust seals as you can. Uh, have things that are not clickable so that they don't actually leave the conversion funnel. Wh- how, what do you think of popping that stuff up in a interstitial windows or light box popovers and still keeping them on the page? It, you can try it. Some of those things are pretty effective. What we found out with Crazy Egg is we actually had an increase in conversion rates when we had an interstitial after our pricing page to say, hey, yearly offer, you know, you can get a X amount of savings, even though people didn't always select that option, but just by having that interstitial, our conversions went up. Oh, that's an unusual case where you actually throw something into the middle of a transaction and it actually, you'd think it would distract. Personally, I'd never think of even testing something like that, but uh, you had a good outcome with that. Yeah, and we've tested it multiple times and we're like, this can't be the case, right? We should remove it. (laughs) Every time we removed it, it actually reduced our conversions. And it was significant, too. It was more than 10%. So, yeah, well, It's good to know. I think we're going to try that on one of our sites here soon or one of our client sites. Um, well, so here we are uh, learning from Neil Patel, the super wonderkind, wonderkind entrepreneur. Um, you said you started in this when you were 16 years old, I believe. Is that right? So you've been at it almost 10 years because now you're 25. Yes, I'm getting close to 10 years, maybe another six months or so. (laughs) Well, uh, happy anniversary. So if some of our uh, listeners want to reach out to you directly, are you going to be speaking at any shows or conferences, or what's the best way to get in touch? Sure, the best way is just email. My email is npatel, P-A-T-E-L, at kissmetrics.com. Uh, well, KISS stands as an acronym, I assume. It stands for Keep It Simple Stupid. And a lot of the ad- advice you've given is basically to 
simplify things and uh, make them plain and visible to people. Is that a good way to end the show? That's a great way. All right. Well, Neil, thanks again for being on the show. I hope to have you back sometime. This has been your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And tune in next week with more thought-provoking interviews with conversion leaders. 